Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. We're here to talk Indiana football. Uh, Indiana fell uh, to Maryland 44-17, and they dropped their record to 2-3, and 0-2 in the Big Ten. Uh, the big news out of Saturday's game was that Walt Bell was fired as offensive coordinator uh, sat- Sunday afternoon after another uh, dismal performance. Um, Rod Carey is taking over as as the offensive coordinator for the, the rest of the season. And, you know, it, it is now fair to question uh, what what the future holds uh, for Tom Allen and, and Indiana football. But let's let's talk about the Maryland game first, TJ. What was what were your um, impressions from uh, from Saturday afternoon's loss at Maryland? Uh, it, it was um, it was poor. Uh, you know, you look at pretty much across the board, everything that you could look at uh was was a negative with the exception of i guess you could say brendan soresby's play uh late in that game you know i credit to to him where it's due obviously you know it's not equivalent to what Taven jackson faced it was um mostly second team players for the terps at that point but still i guess you'll take a positive where you can get it uh right now for indiana um so credit to soresby there but uh, by and large, just uh, Indiana was non-competitive in that game. And, um, you know, we talked prior to the contest. Uh, we looked back at the history, like we do every week, of of these teams and talked about how competitive this series has been really since Maryland joined the Big Ten. It's been mostly very entertaining, competitive games. Um, you know, two coaches, Tom Allen and Mike Loxley, that are on similar timelines in terms of, uh, you know, running the program. And on Saturday, the gap between the two teams was very obvious and had never been larger. Um, One program has consistently improved year over year under Mike Loxley. And then Indiana, um, it just has not uh, under Tom Allen. Um, And the, the difference between the two teams was was obvious and stark. Uh, NIU was non-competitive for the vast majority of that game. And it ends with Maryland averaging 8.3 yards per play on offense and IU averaging 4.1. That is, you know, if you're not playing one of the elite teams in the country, that's a about as big of a butt kicking as you're going to see and those stats should surprise nobody that watched the game Um, I think that they are a true and accurate reflection of the difference between those two teams on Saturday Um, Talia Tagovailoa 
you know, he was he was good, and that's all he had to be. Uh, Maryland did not even appear to have to get out of second gear to pull away from Indiana and coast to a comfortable win. Uh, they did not seem under any type of pressure at all during that game at any point. Um, and it's it's highly discouraging and highly frustrating. Yeah, it, it's all of those things. You walk out of there shaking your head. Um, you know, I, I basically walked out of there. I think I, I texted the group that it, it, it feels like it's over. Um, yeah. And I meant that as the season, the Tom Allen era and all those things. Now, you can say what you want. Uh, about Tom Allen being on the hot seat uh, entering the season. I I will believe it when I see it, uh, but you can know he's feeling the pressure. That's the only reason why Walt Bell, um, you know, is let go midseason is because there's that, that pressure to perform. He knows his, his job is on the line, and we'll see. We'll, th- there have been a lot of opinions and and things like that regarding Tom Allen's buyout, which is $20.8 million at the end of the year. There are still seven games to go this season and a handful of winnable games if they could right the ship. But in terms of that, that Maryland game, I thought the, I thought the offense, they they ran the ball well um, early in the game with with Christian Turner and then you know they they went to the well one too many times on that first drive uh get stuffed mm-hmm. and have to settle for a field goal uh it, it wasn't an ideal start with the defense giving up a 70 yard pass to a guy who's wide open and two plays later they're in the end zone for a seven nothing lead but Jalen Lucas uh gets you that get gets you a big return that you need on offense gets you down to to the opponent's 40 where, you know, hey, you could hit the reset button with touchdown at 7-7, get settled in. I, I thought the defense, um, they they settled in on the next drive, forced a punt, and, and that's where the game ended. Uh, the offense went three and out. They threw, threw the ball three times, three incompletions, or, you know, two incompletions in a short gain. Uh, and then all of a sudden you have a short punt, Special teams gets a kick catch interference penalty, and bam, Maryland starting at I believe Indiana's twenty nine yard line, um, yep. and then it's fourteen three. And then another thing happens: you have a, uh, a another short punt with a long return. Maryland starting at the twenty one yard line of Bayou, twenty one nothing, and that that was it. That's all she wrote. Um, now the final was forty four seventeen, so there was more to the story. I thought Taven Jackson looked indecisive. I don't think he looked ready to play, which is especially discouraging coming off of the Akron game, which was a poor performance uh, for him there. And outside of the second half of of Louisville, he just hasn't played well. And, and, and if you're no. Tom Allen in Indiana right now, you need to play the guy who's going to give you the best chance to win. And I, I think your, your offensive – the scheme is not going to change under Rod Carey in, in two weeks. You saw this last year with the, the him taking over the offensive line. But, you know, play calling could differ. Um, just 
you know, it, it could be a little different. He loves to run that quarterback. We we saw him when he had Jordan Lynch at, at NIU. Lynch had over 3,000 yards passing and nearly 2,000 yards rushing. So I, I think the door is back open for Brandon Soresby to kind of win the job again. Uh, but we'll see. Um, you know, Taven has shown flashes, but his indecisiveness – to, to throw the ball, to get it out, and and make those first read throws really hurt Indiana on Saturday. And then you couple that with an interception, poor special teams play, and you, you, you got run over by Maryland, who's – I'm still not sold on them as a great team, but Talia Tungavailoa is – you know, one of, if not the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now. Um, and, and Maryland's got it rolling. We'll see what they do against Ohio State on Saturday. But that that team, they're playing well, and they're a hot team. And you can't make those mistakes, and it's discouraging. Um, it's – you had the defense didn't – the defense you thought maybe you could turn around and you could hang your hat on it, but – too many times there are wide open guys that you know you, you can't do and and what's more discouraging is ha- how many injuries th- this team has after you know I know football is a physical sport but you, you saw Cam Camper started I think he might have played one play and then was out um Nick Toomer ended up playing in garbage time if he could play in garbage time I don't understand why he didn't start the game uh, in a game he really needed to win. Um, thought Donovan McCauley played well, even though he was banged up. There's just – it always seems like this team is banged up. And, and I don't know, TJ, it just feels like the beginning of the actual end uh, for Tom Allen. And I know some people are going to differ on when the actual beginning was. But, you know, to me, it was kind of a fantasy last year with the $25 million buyout. Uh, but I, I think you're you're coming to the point in time where you you have to ask what is best for the program, and that might be to clean, it might be to clean house. But we'll we'll see. It, you know, there's still seven games left. Uh, but right now, there there feels like there's no hope, there's no life, and it might be seven games of of as as you call it, zombie football. Right. I mean, I, I, the Walt Bell, you know, firing, and then you promote uh, Rod Carey. By the way, it's not interim offensive coordinator. There is no interim tag here, and that that might be semantics. It might not. I think um, it's semantics. I mean, who who you're not doing a national yeah. surge midseason. Uh, well, no, the only no. thing that it might tell me is that hey he might not get the search for an offensive coordinator in the off season. Right. Right. Um, now what, what that change is, is just another line of tries and fails. Uh, let's, let's do a very quick overview. I don't think anybody is in the mood to rehash all of these things in detail um, but, you know, over the past, let's say, 18 to 24 months, uh, looking at 
the changes that have been made within the IU football program. Uh, you have Nick Sheridan ousted as offensive coordinator. It was a hire by Tom Allen that did not work. Uh, a promotion, if you will, within the staff that, that did not work. Walt Bell brought in as offensive coordinator and a season and a half later of basically no success uh, on offense, he's gone. So that's a hire that did not work. Defensively, Tom Allen elects to call the plays last season. Um, didn't work. So that's another change after the guy that he hired previously to call the plays and replace Kane Womack. That was very short-lived as well. So you're, you're failing on that side as well. Matt uh, Guerrero, I, I don't, I'm not going to call that a failure at all. Um, certainly a bit early to make any judgments on, on uh, what that particular hire ultimately ends up being. So we'll leave that as a TBD in the, the column for now. Um, Connor Bazelak, turning the personnel, Connor Bazelak brought in. That was a decision made by the coaching staff to target Connor Bazelak and bring him in from the transfer portal. That did not work at all. You look at all of the transfers that have been brought in to try and infuse this roster with talent, and so far, the results look just about the same. Yep. The one constant in all of this, unfortunately, is the head coach. And quite frankly, the head coach has run out of other things to try. Yep. It's there. There's no more, and I'm not going to call it scapegoats because I don't think that's what's being done. I didn't mention Darren Hiller, uh, which is kind of the primary, you know, primary one that people pointed to as a, a reason for the struggles of the IU football program. I think that by most accounts, the offensive line has improved. Um, you know, there's not the quarterback getting blasted on every drop back. Uh, so I, that is a positive, but that it took that long to make a change is a negative in the, in the, you know, column as well. Yeah. And, um, and if you, if you haven't, I don't listen to them often, um, but I made it a point to listen to the Hoosier Sterics podcast with Rap Johns, with Jeff Rap Johns, uh, that was recorded on Sunday. I think it came out today or yesterday, and they made it. To, to, and this is to your point on Darren Hiller when the fan base can see it before the decision makers at IU, it's a problem. Yeah. Um, and the fan base saw it with Darren Hiller. Now, sometimes the fan base gets it wrong too, and, and you can be too quick to to judge or something like that. But the fan base had it right early on with Darren Hiller and they got it and ultimately they got it right with, with Walt Bell and, and Walt Bell did no favors to himself by kind of being super arrogant about his position at IU as well. Um, but yeah, continue. It, it's when the fan base, when the fan base could see it before the decision makers, you got problems. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think the the overall the overall point of this list is all of these changes have been made in an effort to fix the declining program, right? And you're, really, you're you're looking at it from okay, there was success, success, getting the bowl games, uh, you know, not not setting the world on fire, but but for Indiana football, it was incredibly good. It was a real high point, and it has been a steady and steep drop-off from there. And all these changes are attempts to fix what is ailing Indiana football. And you're, you're out of those changes now. There's really nothing else that can be changed. Position coaches have been changed. Coordinators have been changed. Personnel Players. has been changed. There's, there's really not anything left outside of the head coach. Yep. And on a personal level, I hate having this conversation. Yep. Because off the football field, I, generally speaking, love everything about the way that Tom Allen runs this program. I agree with his recruiting philosophy of putting a heavy emphasis on getting players from the state of Florida, using the connections that he has in SEC, traditional SEC states. I guess we can't say that anymore with schools and conferences consisting of everywhere, but you know, traditional southeastern states, Georgia, Florida, putting a heavy emphasis on those areas and bringing in players from those states. That, I believe, is a winning formula. There is enough talent there to bring in second, third, fourth-tier players from that state, finding guys, developing them that have just, you know, talent that you – just physical attributes that you are not getting in Indiana and bringing them in to the program. I I agree with that. His personality, I think – fits at what you need to be at Indiana University in the football program. His LEO stuff, it, is it a gimmick? Yes. Is it how Tom Allen truly feels? Yes. To him, it's not a, a fake, phony gimmick. He's never treated it that way, and he's not that. It just by and large, you are never going to hear – a negative comment about the way that Tom Allen treats people. And I appreciate that. All that being said, the results are what they are. And eventually, and I I do think we have reached that point, eventually, when you have run out of everything else to try and the results are still nowhere near good enough, even for Indiana football, which has a low bar, we are not asking and demanding that Indiana wins nine and ten games a year. That's not the standard that you have to meet. The standard that should be met is being competitive, giving fans a reason for hope throughout the season, and reaching bowl games on a consistent basis. That's the standard that you hope to get to. And right now, IU is nowhere near that standard. 
And quite frankly, that means that it does not matter that Tom Allen is an exceptional man. It doesn't matter at that point because this is a wins and losses bottom line business, and it is the IU administration's responsibility to treat it that way because the well-being of the overall athletic department in the long term in this college landscape depends on the health of the football program. Right now, IU's football program is very, very unhealthy. And the only thing that you can do to try to fix it outside of actually investing in the program at a proper level in the administrative level, which we can certainly hope for, and that's a conversation for another day. It's a larger issue for sure. The only thing you can do just immediately is address the head coach position because everything else has been tried now, and it has not worked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you're, you're spot on with everything. It's I don't think a change comes midseason. Um, no, and, and I'm with, not with advocating Tom for Allen, that because what, what good does it do, right? It what doesn't good do does it, it do? It doesn't do any good. But the internal conversations within the athletic department have to be like, is, is there a way forward with Tom Allen? Yeah. And if yeah. there's not – and you want to be seen as a serious football program or a power five program and stuff like that, you have to do what's necessary. And that might be making a hard decision that has been come clearer and clearer as the season has gone on, that we're going to have to bite the bullet and, and, and pay that buyout. Now, you know, it's something that people might not realize. And the the $20.8 million, it's spread out over time. It could be negated with other jobs and, and stuff like that. But the the amount of money you're, you're leaving on the table or losing because your football team is – it's not even non-competitive. It's, it, it's worse than that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, apathy is starting to set in. And that's – that's the death of a program. You, you cannot hit the apathy levels again at IU that you saw with Jerry DiNardo or, um, you know, towards the end of the Bill Lynch era, even though I, it, it's getting to the DiNardo level of, of apathy where people just don't care. Um, and, and the athletic department's got to say, listen, we, we could, we need to go out and hire the best coach for this program and figure it out. And it's not just changing coaches. You have to change your philosophy for football and whether that is investing in, you know, football only facilities, uh, making NIL more of a priority and also just setting yourself up for success. And that, that means, you know, fans might hate it and they might, get out of the Notre Dame series. You already got out of the Louisville series. You take a look at what Kansas State did under Bill Schneider. They got out of every game that was a, quote, buy game for Kansas State that they would lose and got games that they should win. Now, yeah, they lost some of them early on in his tenure, but 
they if they could schedule two FCS opponents, they did. Um, they did everything to get wins. And once you start winning games, that's how you build the fan base and, and sell tickets and get donations and all of that stuff, which goes towards the facilities. You also have to invest in your staff um, and give the coach, you know, whatever reasonable amount of money it is to build a, a quality big 10 quality or power five quality staff. And we saw what happens when IU did that. They won. The, the, the proof is there. They, they won. They won eight games in 2019. They won six games in 2020 and you had good assistance and yeah, you know, maybe some of the hires just didn't work and that's it. But you, you can't keep, you can't keep the head coach who's making these hires. If it's, you're running out of time and before everything just falls apart. And, and if, if, if IU does not do something this off season on it, you, you're going to have a zombie program in 2024 heading into, you know, a, a new era of the big 10. So the, the athletic department has to look each other, you know, in the eyes and say, is there a way forward? If not, then the decision is a pretty easy one. You have to let right. Tom Allen go. And it sucks because one, we've seen it work under him and he's a guy who's all in on IU football, which is rare, but it, it's not working anymore. So it might be time. Now, who you go get, we'll talk about that at another time. There's still seven games left in the season. There's still a whole bunch of jobs that might still open up to that could affect who IU goes after. But it shouldn't be, you know, a discussion of whether or not we could afford it and stuff like that. It should be. Do we have a way forward? Now it might fall back into oh we can't afford it, but that's all. That's another problem for IU football. It, it's you have to you have to treat this seriously. You have to treat this like you you care about football and not just the men's basketball program. Because if this is men's basketball and we've seen it with with Archie and Tom Crean where you kind of look into the future and it doesn't look good and you figured out a way how to get Archie's buyout and, and buy it out. And now you've seen, you know, while it's not all the way back, IU basketball is in pretty decent shape with, with Mike Woodson uh, going forward. We'll see how long it lasts um, and what the future holds for IU basketball. But that was a decision that kind of worked out. Now, can you do it for football? Now, I'm not – We'll get into lists later, but this athletic department needs to, and it might even go up to the board of trustees, but there are things that the athletic department doesn't do that really doesn't need the board of trustees pr uh, approval. And if it does, it's kind of embarrassing. You really need the board of trustees approval to announce a blackout game four days before kickoff and not sell black t-shirts or launch black t-shirts into the stands. I mean, come on. There are some layups and gimmies that this athletic department ha has to make, and that'll make that decision easier. So, uh, let's let's talk yeah. about 
Yeah, yeah. If you have anything else to add, TJ, and then we'll move into the bye week and and the rest of the mm-hmm. season. No, I think we're we're kind of just waiting to see how does the team respond to the change at offensive coordinator. Um, obviously, it's it's a you know there's no good time to do it during the season, but if you're going to doing so during the bye week, um, and really if we're being honest with three weeks to prepare for Rutgers because, uh, you know, a game at Michigan is not, I don't care who the offensive coordinator is. It's not going to go particularly well. Um, so you've got three weeks to prepare, uh, for Rutgers on October 21st. That that's kind of what we're looking to see how this, uh, this team responds to that. Um, but I, I think from a just big picture standpoint, the most disappointing thing for me is that over the past couple of seasons, and there are, I'm sure, people out there that are going to scoff at this and say, oh, it took you that long. Um, I get it. But, you know, for us covering this this team through Hoosier Huddle, uh, it, it's not a financial endeavor. I mean, we are not making you know tons of money doing this site. Um, it, it is it is a labor of love because we are fans of the program, and it's fun. We enjoy the community that we have. We enjoy the group that we have, uh, and we enjoy you know having this common goal of rooting for this program and covering it, trying to cover it in a responsible manner. The past two seasons, it has become a chore. Um, It's, it's not fun because there's not currently hope. And that's something that unless you can offer that as a program, it becomes very hard for an individual to justify investing time and investing money into it because if the results aren't there and there's no hope that that changes, then why are you doing it? And I, I just hope that, and this is me having hope. I hope that the administration and the decision makers see that and understand that and make appropriate decisions to get hope back into the program because the hope has to be there first uh, for for you to really have any chance to turn things around, whether that's with Tom Allen as head coach or with somebody else leading the program. And that's that's kind of what I what I am really looking forward to seeing and maybe that's this season with the change at offensive coordinator I mean it's possible I suppose uh and if not then you know we'll look to the off season for for that hope to potentially return um that's that's really the biggest thing for me is is there hope as a fan not just as a person covering the team through this site but is there hope as a fan for our listeners out there? Is there hope that things are going to get better? And can you point to that 
without just being a irrational, crazy person that is just going to have that regardless. And there are some people out there that, you know, are just going to have that hope no matter what the results say. Um, I try to be optimistic, but when everything else is staring at you in the face as, man, this is, this is done. It ain't happening. Uh, then it becomes difficult. Um, so long way of saying IU football has become a chore and yep. I, I don't want it to be that way. And I, I don't believe that the administration for Indiana wants it that way either. Just are they willing to do what is required to get it to where it needs to go? We're going to find out. Yeah. And you, it, it, there, there is no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts for this athletic department to to turn this around. It's it's not oh go get a rethread tread or or it's this. It's going to be difficult. It's you know, going to be, be you're, There are going to be hard conversations. There's going to be hard decisions. Yep. There'll be you know times where you have to write a giant check to to you know kind of offset what what's happening. Um, it it's not going to be easy, but it, it's something that you you need to do. And in, in order to get all the benefits of having a Big Ten football program, you're going to have to invest, and in not only financially, but also you know emotionally, um, and. You know, doing marketing and all of that stuff and time-wise, all of the, those investments need to go into football. Basketball will take care of itself. And it's not – you're not taking a dollar from basketball to give it to football. So you have enough money to do everything you want it to do. So let's figure out a way, you know, to move forward. We'll, they'll finish out the season. Maybe IU will win another game or two. Um, down the road, and and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But right now, coming out of the Maryland game, it just felt like it was over. Um, mm-hmm. and we'll see. We'll see what if Rod Carey could spark the offense. If that helps spark the defense and special teams, and they can put together, uh, you know, a, a complete game. And and because if you lose that Rutgers game, it's really over. You're not gonna. It, it, you might finish two and ten and and zero and nine again, or yeah, zero and nine because Big Ten plays nine conference games. So, but that's that. That's it coming out of it. You know, you hope IU gets healthy during the bye week, uh, and, and can put a, a healthy team out there and and can stay healthy against Michigan, and, and show they don't have to necessarily win, but show that this team is bought in. And I said it in the wrap and recap. This team feels like a team that's teetering on just having it all fall apart and guys just, you know, not buying in anymore. Kind of like the end of 2021 and maybe a little bit last year, um, you know, before the Michigan State game. So, you know, we'll see. We'll we'll have all the coverage at, at Hoosier Huddle. We'll follow, um, you know, what staff moves are coming. We're not coming. We'll follow any developments and, and stuff like that. 
But yeah, it just it just felt like it was over. But anyway, no IU football this week as they they have their bye week. They next play Michigan up in Ann Arbor at noon on October fourteenth. That is a Fox game. It is the Fox Big Noon game. So lots of eyeballs will be on Indiana. Um, and I, I say this for both of us, TJ. I think we're we're tired of being the national joke of of a yeah. football program. And you know, my other challenge is is that all these alumni who are offended, annoyed, angry that that they're the butt end of a joke. That there's an easy that there's a way that you could help too. You know, write to your board of trustees. Uh, make sure that they know that football is a priority for you. You could donate to NIL, donate to the varsity club. There, there are ways to make your voice heard um, and, and things like that. So not just on social media, but, but you could hit them in the pockets where it matters. You, you could bring, go to a board of trustees meeting and ask questions uh, and, and things like that. So we'll, we'll see. We'll uh, enjoy this this off week uh, where we get get to enjoy a full college football weekend uh, without IU, and then we'll get back to it for the season's uh, final seven games. Yeah, certainly Indiana is going to be focused on kind of, you know, what, uh, what can we do in these two to three weeks here uh, to, to change the offense? Cause it, it, you don't have time, even if you wanted to do a full scheme change, you don't have time. You can make no. tweaks. Uh, you can you can make adjustments, and that's what IU is going to be focused on: is how do we spend the remainder of this time leading up to a, a game that we could win against Rutgers? How do we spend this time maximizing the personnel that we have? How do we do a better job of putting these guys in a position to be successful than Walt Bell was? How do we do that? And that's Rod Carey's job now. Uh, it's that offensive staff's job now. They they so far have not done it, and it, it's it's a tough tough spot for Rod Carey to be put into. Um, he does have experience doing it, so you know we're going to find out with everybody else uh, kind of what what tweaks can be made, and there are some. I mean, this is not a completely uh, bereft group of players. There there is some talent there. We think. Um, so, you know, Rod Carey is going to try to piece together a cohesive plan on offense that can work with Indiana's personnel, uh, and we're going to see we're going to see what happens. I mean, that that's really what we had to look forward to um, for the Michigan game, but more realistically for for that Rutgers game is what adjustments, what tweaks can be made within the framework of personnel that IU has available. Um, and like you said, use this this time to get healthy and work on those adjustments. So uh, enjoy the bye week, everybody. We thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, you know, win, lose, or uh, or get blown out, we're going to be here one way or the other. We're going to be here uh, regardless of who the head coach is. We're going to keep at it, uh, knowing that, hell, at some point, at some point, it's all going to be worth it. I don't know when. I don't know who's going to be the coach. But it's all going to be worth it. I, I, I've got to believe that or, you know, we're all just wasting our time. Um, and I, I don't think that's the case. We believe in in what we do as a site. Uh, we're going to keep at it. Yeah, we enjoy uh, we enjoy 
bringing everybody together to to hopefully enjoy uh, Indiana football. Appreciate the commenters and the interactions we have on social media. Uh, you can follow us at Hoosier underscore huddle on Twitter and then come back to HoosierHuddle.com. We'll have uh, a whole bunch of updates over this, this bye week and then heading into the Michigan game. Enjoy the rest of the week and enjoy a full slate of college football on Saturday.